0: What's up, everybody? I am so excited to be with you all. I'm a little bit late on today's podcast. Sorry about that. I had to update my computer yesterday. Y'all know how that is. I don't know about you guys, but I hate updating things. It just takes forever, and who has the time? But today, we're talking about a super important topic that not a lot of people talk about a lot, and it's how to start magnifying the right things and how to stop paying so much dang attention to the wrong things. Magnify obviously comes from a word that means to expand, to look closely at, and we're going to dive super, super nitty gritty, nerdy, dare I say, deep into why you guys do this so much and how you can rewire your brain to start magnifying the things that are actually going to help you in life. Uh, What a concept. Okay, let's dive right in. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. I'm so excited to talk with y'all today about how to magnify the right things in your life. And it's so incredibly important because we suck at it, um, but all the compassion in the world because we all suck at it. So we can all suck at it together and we're here to get better, right? Let me turn my headphones up real quick. There we go. Um, So like I said in the intro, we're going to get like super nerdy about this and I was inspired. So I, I do a lot of my content planning on Mondays and I'm getting more and more organized and systemized because I'm not naturally wired that way. I'm such a creative, such a writer. If I could just be surrounded by all of my books and just write, I could probably write 10 books a year and it would just be like in my happy place. Um, but I also love the podcast because I, I get a chance to kind of filter that out or else as, as a leader. Uh, getting bottlenecked when you're learning all this information all the time like I do and like I love to learn and all that stuff and you get bottlenecked you don't have like a space to let it out it can actually halt your growth a ton so word of the wise even for those of you guys listening if you are inputting all these podcasts and you're kind of in a season of learning hopefully you're never not in a season of learning Um, that was a double negative hopefully you're always in a season of learning make sure that you have um, something set up in your life like we talked about with connection circles a long time ago make sure that you have a friend that you get coffee with regularly or that you FaceTime to be able to have these deep conversations and have these conversations about what you're learning or else it's actually going to cap your growth because you can't, uh, we need that overflow, right? It's the difference between, I always talk about a river and a swamp. A swamp doesn't have a, a tributary, doesn't have a space for that water to continue to go out it only just kind of gets stuck and it gets stinky. So we don't want that. Um, Anyways, that's my little PSA. By the way, it's been an incredible week, you guys. You guys completely filled up my calendar. Congratulations to everybody who got on my calendar. Um, I had somebody who like booked for like the end of December the other day and it's December 2nd today. so that's super super exciting. I'm so pumped. Everybody's wanting to get into the academy before the price is double, um, starting in January. So if you're smart, you'll you'll take a whack at that. So um, how to get on my calendar? If you want to get on my calendar, I can't promise by the time that you're listening to this that the sale will still be going. Probably won't, but it's still an amazing price and more importantly, the benefits of how it's going to change your life. You know how cool it is to have created a program to like know that it's totally going to help people um, and change their lives. Like if you actually go through it, I mean, that is literally the coolest, like coolest feeling as an entrepreneur in the entire world. And I think that's why we do what we do. You know, entrepreneurs are crazy and we work 16 hours a day because we know that we get to effectively provide services through our knowledge, as well as through the making of who God created us to be, to be able to provide those services in a way that can lend a hand and take other people through a journey of freedom and, um, their own journey and kind of pick them up where where their skills leave them off. And it's just it's the coolest thing in the entire world. So anyways, uh, that link is in the show notes. You guys can always go to that or go to powerhousepageantry.com forward slash podcast and all of it is there. P.S. We've got some really cool stuff happening. So at the time of this recording tomorrow, so Thursday, because I'm a day late with this recording tomorrow, 7 p.m. on my Instagram at Megan underscore Swanson. Y'all can listen to an IGTV live, IG live, IG live, I think that's what it's called. With my trainer Scott, who's trained me for the past two years, nutrition and fitness for Miss USA. He trained me for Miss Nebraska USA. He trained my sister for Miss Nebraska and Miss America. He trains a bunch of girls in the Southwest. He's incredible, and he specifically deals uh, with women. Well, he works with everybody, but he's really helpful towards postpartum uh, women who are dealing with postpartum depression. Um, his wife has had breast cancer two times, and so he helps a lot of women who have uh, gone through cancer, pageant girls, girls with eating disorders. He's so incredibly. Competitive. Passionate in his approach to how he helps you understand the mind as well as your body, and y'all know I'm for sure on that train. So we're gonna be doing a live and talking about why um, I'm actually in better shape now, three weeks after Miss USA, than I was a month ago. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling hot. Didn't gain 40 pounds after. And and really importantly, like why I didn't rebound. You know why I didn't feel like I needed to eat all the cake and all the cookies and all the ice cream. Partially because I was already eating that before Miss USA because if it fits your macros, yo. So anyways, it's going to be a super fun live. Um, Scott and I have completely opposite personalities. He's like super chill. <laughs> so I'm going to try and tone it down so we don't overwhelm. We'll be, we'll be a good balance is what I'm saying. But that's tomorrow at 7 on my Instagram and I will post the replay. So if you're watching the replay of this podcast, um, you guys can certainly find that. Swipe over, tab over twice on my Instagram and you guys can find that. Okay, I think that's all my announcements. Yeah, click the link in the show notes to get on my calendar. Free strategy call, 30 minutes. I'll help you work out one problem in your pageant prep. And uh, when spots are gone, they're gone. And hopefully you get in the Academy before next year. Um, We've got some amazing guests coming into the Academy, coming into the Inner Circle. And I'm super excited. I'm they're they're like celebrities. They're friends of mine and people that I wish I would have had access to if I was still competing. <laughs> so that's super fun. Okay, so today we're talking about how to magnify the right things. Um, let's set the scene. So like I said, we're gonna get super nerdy. Um, we're first gonna start by kind of talking about things that we magnify that don't help us um we're gonna talk about what we shouldn't be magnifying why we magnify the wrong things and including what it does in our brains and then we'll get to how to fix it okay so typical Megan structure typical podcast structure um things we magnify that don't help us okay ready for this list of 15 things I'll put this in the show notes so that y'all can not take notes while you're driving since a lot of you guys listen to this while you're driving okay things we magnify that totally don't help us one duh social media. Number two, people on social media who are just normal humans that you are magnifying and that you think are super cool and that you think are better than you or make more money than you or prettier than you or skinnier than you or buffer than you, shorter than you, taller than you, whatever. They're just people. They put their pants on one leg at a time. I mean, maybe some people are weird and they probably like jump into it. I'd like to see a video if you do. So let us know, you know. Don't tag me, though, because actually I just thought through that and it would be super weird, so never mind. Um, But people on social media who are just normal humans. Okay, number three, we magnify ourselves. Not a cute look, okay? Please don't be (laughs) – I was going on a rant yesterday at the gym. Please don't be the person at the gym who clearly has an inflated version of self and walks around with a puff chest literally, which I think is so funny. that Bible even talks about that. They say don't walk around with a puffy chest. They probably looked at somebody at the gym. They were lifting rocks in the biblical times and they said, you know what, John, you need to cut it out. You need to cut it out. We know that you're the disciple that that Jesus loves and that you say that all the time and that you're aware of that and your identity, but tone it down. No. So, anyways, there's this there's this particular human at my gym who walks around, and I don't actually think I've ever seen him lift a weight. He just goes around bothering everybody and talking and talking and talking. So, you know, as a female at the gym, we have a band together um, with most of us that we either through eye contact or through physic- like physically speaking to one another, where we're just like shaking our heads like why and how are you not aware that this is not helpful. And why? It's because they're magnifying themselves. And really, it's a deep seated insecurity. And so as me, I just like want to go up and challenge it and be like, hey, bro, why are you walking around talking to everybody instead of lifting? And why do you look at yourself in the mirror all the time? Is it because da 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 And I could probably tell his personality in two seconds and call out that fear and we could have some deliverance right there in the gym. But you know what? I'm going to tone it down. That's not my job. So anyways. Okay. So, and for those of y'all who know me or my clients listening to this, you're probably like, dude, Megan would totally do that. And really, I wouldn't. Like, really, I wouldn't. I'm not that confrontational. I don't like embarrassing people, especially, like, emasculating anybody. I would legit never do that. But if we were, like, out in the par- parking lot, I could. I would. You know what? Someone challenged me. I would do something like that where if it was safe and I wouldn't embarrass them because I hate being embarrassed. Hate. If I wouldn't embarrass them, there's, like, genuinely a way that I could like help somebody in that way. Like I'm being serious now before I was just being funny. Um, If I could genuinely help somebody and like ask them a serious question in a way that made them feel safe and not threatened, like legit give me three questions and I could have somebody crying in the parking lot in a good way, like with some healing. Now I want to, now I'm dreaming about it. Hmm. We'll see. Pray about it. Anyways. Okay. Number four, uh, things we magnify our boss or people over us in leadership, self-explanatory five, our job over our family. Not a good look, although do we need to make money? Absolutely, duh. Please provide for your family. Number six, our problems. Number seven, other people's problems. Number eight, other people's opinions, holla. Number nine, our health issues. How many of y'all know somebody that every single time you get together with them, they're like, oh, my blah, 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 my arthritis, my this, my that? Old people do it all the time. And I get it, like you're in chronic pain, but nobody wants to hear about your issues constantly. Um, and we magnify it and it gets worse and it gets more powerful. That's literally scientifically proven. If you want to get into all the neurology of it, I can geek out with you and box all day, but just look at Dr. Caroline Leaf and everything that she's ever done and it'll prove it. Um, positive and negative thoughts, they look like trees in your head. They grow or they diminish based off of what you focus on and also negative thoughts look completely different than positive thoughts. They do and they look like trees. So, don't take my word for it. Go study Dr. Karen Leaf if you're interested in that. Number 10, we magnify our failures. Oh, yeah, especially achievers. 11, we magnify our past mistakes. 12, we, we magnify what we haven't accomplished yet. 13, what we were raised in or raised with. 14, what we didn't have access to. And 15, we magnify what we've said. And maybe we rehearse that in our minds and we totally just like terrorize ourselves in our own minds like, why did I say that? Why did I do that? Oh my gosh, I made a fool of myself. I'm embarrassed. Da, 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 da. I've totally done that. So, I have a question for you. What does it feel like when you're intaking these 15 things? Does it just feel like kind of ick to even hear these things out loud? Because I know it does for me. I'm like, ooh, I am like convicted. I've done like a lot of these and I do a lot of this, and that's not good. Um, we don't have time for this in this moment, but I encourage you to go back and listen to this and do some journaling about a few ones that like stuck out to you the most. Um, Ask yourself the the powerhouse framework, which is who, what, when, where, why, how. Obviously, I didn't create that Um, through each question. And try and invite yourself and God into some discovery about why you're stuck and why you're stuck in the rut of beating yourself up in these ways. Just a little bit of self-awareness, you guys. Um, Literally, it's as simple as me telling you to do this. Sometimes some of y'all are hearing this for the first time. You're like, oh, I didn't know I could think about that. Like, I didn't know that that's how I would work through that. I didn't realize that I wasn't focusing on this. I didn't realize that I you know, was, was struggling with this even. Um, I hear that all the time where a lot of times it's, so there's something called a law of first mention and just simply somebody telling you that for the first time can provide, um, it's not directly what that means. Law of first mention, actually, it means the first time that you hear something, it is more likely to be more deeply rooted in your belief system. And then it's harder to change it after that. Um, but anyway, still law of first mention in a sense where it's like, sometimes all you have to do is crack the egg and now it's finally flowing. So, Another word for focusing on these things is what? Magnification, of course. So number two, why do we magnify these things and also how? We magnify these things because it's where we spend our time, the most precious resource in the world. So riddle me this, something that makes us feel terrible. If you were to give somebody else this life advice, okay, would you tell them, yeah, you know what? Just like take these 15 things that are horrible for you. Meditate on them all day and night on this horrible things that make you feel terrible they make you feel awful see I just keep doing that that's my advice for you now would you be friends with them uh no I'd be like bro you're insane you're literally insane and I think that'd be pretty unanimous and yet we do this to ourselves every second of every day all the time some of y'all struggle with this so badly that you can't sleep at night some of y'all struggle so badly with this that you medicate with drugs and alcohol or you medicate with relationships or you medicate with excessive working out whatever okay so again it's part of just being kind of awoken to the fact that you're doing this and then like immediate healing can happen it's super cool we can start the train of healing but you magnify what you fixate on so a beautiful scripture it's in second corinthians i think it's second corinthians 1 9 but someone can fact check me I know it's 2 Corinthians. I believe, you know what? It might be 120. Anyway, somebody can look that up. So so fix our eyes on the things unseen for the things seen are fleeting and will pass away but the things unseen are eternal, paraphrased. So what we're saying in this is why do we focus on the things that are so fleeting, right? Why are we focusing on something that you said five months ago that doesn't even exist anymore but you're beating yourself up over it? It's time to shift our focus you guys, it's time to level up and, and instead we, we distract ourselves constantly from the real thing, um, but we want to be intentional. We want to be really, really intentional about what we're focusing on and, and not just living life feeling like we need to medicate with all these different things like our attention. Um, our in- attention is what we are intentional about. And so I, I want to give you a couple strategies. So how do we focus on these things? How do we um, fixate on these things? Well, it's, it's from our five senses. So God's given us the five senses and then kind of our sixth sense is the voice of the Holy Spirit, right? He's given us our five senses uh, to be able to intake information. So whether it's reading something on our phone or hearing music, right, or looking outside or feeling the breeze on our skin, uh, you know, touch or smelling something, smelling a candle or smelling something really bad in a parking lot, you know, and then the, the taste and sight and all these different things, right? That's how we're inputting things. And now in the digital age and also the rate of speed of life, we are inputting things at such an alarming rate. And the, the thing that I see every day, and I'm talking literally yesterday on like two of my calls is that, Um, people don't realize all the stuff that they're storing in their heart because of what's coming through their five senses. And so many people walk through life, not even realizing that this is how we start to feel bad. We're bombarding ourselves with sensory overload and decision fatigue. And then we wonder why we're exhausted and tired and moody and don't have energy to do the things that we want to do that keep us healthy, like working out or waking up early to read our Bible or to listen to a podcast or whatever. Um, and And why does this happen? because we just end up self-medicating. We distract ourselves from the real, Heart issue because if we don't have a parent or we don't have a teacher or a coach or a best friend or a pastor um, that teaches us to face these things head on and to understand our emotions, which is why one of my techniques I use with all my clients is I literally give them a wheel of emotions. Why? Because I had to do that for myself a couple years ago when I was walking through abuse and um, criticized every single day for who I am and my dreams and all these different things, and my my I'd become so emotionally detached because I was so in fight or flight mode constantly for like a year. Um, I remember when I started to crawl out of that hole and and decide that I wanted to pick up the pieces of my identity again and figure out who I was. Um, I had to shift my focus to a a totally, I mean everything you guys, but I remember I had to stare at that wheel of emotions and I would literally just like memorize adjectives as, as if I was like growing my vocabulary for the first time. And it sounds really silly, but most people actually only understand about five to 10 emotions. Um, if you, I, I encourage you pause this podcast right now and try and name 10 emotions And it's weird, but it's actually like pretty difficult. They'll be like, oh, happy, sad, fear, anxiety, worry. I'm like, bro, those are all the same thing, (laughs) you know? And it's actually crazy. Like a lot lot of people really, really struggle with it. But uh, because there's that that fear there of kind of actually sitting alone with my thoughts or journaling or or working through these things emotionally, um, and we don't want to face it, it creates this like I said, this vortex of like an overload of of all these things. And you actually get emotional buildup and emotional backup, which creates a negative self-image, low low, uh, self-efficacy, which is like your ability to believe that you can do things and do things well and thrive in situations communicatively. Um, And you start to think things like I'm not strong enough or good enough or worthy enough to face this. And then we just run back to the comforting vice that's actually ripping a hole through us and is this ripple effect and the cyclical effect of we come back and we come back and we come back to the very thing that's hurting us. So a little quick check for you is to try and be as aware of your five senses and what's coming in, what's going out um, and setting boundaries and pressing delete on things and putting people in the bleachers of your life. I'm going to help you with this towards the end of the podcast, but Y'all, I've literally cut about ninety percent of people out of my life, and I'm not kidding. Like in this last year, um, and it's been so freeing. It's been so just like incredible. I felt better than I've ever felt. I felt I feel more effective and whole and just peaceful and everything than I've ever felt in my entire life. And it's literally the greatest feeling. And why? It's because I stopped running towards the comfort of of what wasn't working for me and I got serious about where I wanted to go what I wanted to do and who I wanted to do that with and um, like taking social media fast you know little things like that that can change your life I was just talking with somebody yesterday that does this, that is off social media every Monday and I'm like dude that's amazing like I see I want to do that on Sundays that's absolutely incredible and just ab- like completely detach and zone out as if you don't have service like I was like I'm absolutely stealing that. So we'll talk more about strategies in the end. Um, but one more piece of this and then we'll we'll move on into the happy stuff. So here's here are a couple other reasons um, why you're stuck. So one because we're habitual people. Two, because we live in a culture that thinks all or nothing, um, I'm a millionaire or I've accomplished nothing. And depending on your perspective, you basically just see yourself as pass fail, like in every single scenario. I'm single. This is either good or bad, right? It's not like, oh God, what what path are you walking me on right now in terms of why I'm s-? like, we don't critically think anymore. Um, and so w- one of the things that I teach all my clients that I had to learn from my own life is to, instead of trying to eat an elephant, right? And conquer this massive problem of like, my identity needs fixing, or my heart needs fixing after a broken relationship or whatever, or I lost my job. We need to learn how to create little victories in our life. We need to learn how to celebrate little victories. We need to learn how to um, be proud of ourselves, not in an arrogant way, but in a way where you're like, okay, but I did this today. And um, it's so, like I said, it's so funny how God works in cycles. He'll, He'll blow a wave through my, all of my clients at once, and they'll, they'll all break up with their boyfriends, or they'll all be like struggling in their finances, or they'll all be worried about this thing, right? And so I always try and teach strategies and principles that can make things really simple, and to help them um, navigate through like the day-to-day, the things that really matter, and the things that I wish that somebody would've taught. Mean that I had to figure out on my own or, you know, listening to my own podcast or reading a million books. And this is the compilation of a lot of those little takeaways. So what I always tell people is it's all about the power of one. So one step, one thing, one item, one action, one thought, one no, one yes. Okay. Think about the, how instantly your mind starts to sort things in a different way when you think of, oh my gosh, all I have to do is conquer one victory, all I have to do is conquer this one little thing, that's totally different than putting the pressure on yourself to, you know, solve Rome in a day, build Rome in a day, whatever. Um, Okay, so now that I've psychoanalyzed the crap out of you, let's get to the happy stuff. Okay, so starting with the definition of magnify. Magnify comes from the Latin word magnus, which means great. It turned into the Latin word magnificent, um, or actually there's there one other word in transition, and then eventually the word magnificent, which obviously all the romantic languages come from Latin. Um, magnificent is a French word, and that's where we get our word magnify today. So couple definitions. It means to look up close, to inspect, to draw into a closer perspective. The official definition is to make something larger than it is, especially with a lens or a microscope to extol or to glorify Um, there are a couple scriptures you guys can look up Psalm 34 4 James 4 8 and Luke 5 4 and just summing this up for the sake of time they talk a lot about um, in these they use the words like magnify they use the words extol um, all these kinds of things and so I'm gonna break this down really really quick starting with magnify first so magnify it's really interesting in, in Hebrew, which is what the, the Bible was originally written in and Aramaic Greek. Yeah, we get it. But the Old Testament um, magnify. It's it's different than the word extol. Like you'd think that they were maybe similar. Um, I don't know if y'all nerd out about this as much as I do, but hopefully this makes sense in your brain. and We're going to kind of weave this all together. Um, gosh, this is super cool. I just Holy Spirit help me to say this as much as it hit me when I was researching it. Amen. OK, so magnifying means actually in the hebrew so you can look up strong's concordance that's how you can study the bible you can look up specific words and in greek and in hebrew it takes you know like 10 words to describe one word um or 10 english words to describe one word in greek or in hebrew so that's why we have these long definitions of like all these different adjectives that encapsulate like when we say the greek word or the hebrew word it actually means like this fully encompassing amazing thing like salvation for example means like healing and peace and wholeness and like all these different things in addition to just the salvation of your soul so fun fact so magnify means all these things to twist to make large to advance to boast to bring up to exceed to promote proudly to tower to nourish to increase in estate or honor we're gonna we're gonna tie this all together it's super cool to extol However, means to rise or to raise, to bring up, to give, go up, haughty, set up on, hold up, levy, lifter, mount up, promote proudly, set up taller, take away, take off, and take up. So we know that magnification is something that we're called to do because of what it says in Psalm 34, four and James and Luke. You guys can go look up. It basically says, come magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Come extol him, um, all that kind of stuff, okay? So we know that it's God's will. And we know that when we stick a magnifying glass up to the things, up to things, right? It'll grow. So we need to shift our focus to actually start magnifying things that we want to grow and that we want to become clearer. Okay. So we're going to come back to kind of the wordsmithing of this in the end, but I want to paint this picture for you guys that Holy Spirit, help me. Um, Sometimes it's hard when I write things like two days ago and then I'm like, oh, what did I mean by that? But no, this is a really cool word picture. Okay. So ask yourself, what am I magnifying and what am I glorifying? And remember that when you stick a magnifying glass up to things, they get, they become clear and they're going to grow. Okay. So magnification equals presence, presence equals proximity and proximity equals a correct perspective. Oh, I'm getting chills because the way that Jesus showed me, this is so cool if somebody, so I'm going to say that again, magnification equals presence. Okay. So when I bring a magnifying glass up to something, there is a greater presence of that in my, like in my viewpoint, in my perspective. Okay. So presence equals the proximity. So if something is present, it is in proximity or closeness to whatever is, is magnifying it. Okay. And when we have proximity or closeness, it brings a correct perspective. So here's where it gets really good. If someone is physically close to you with their arms out, I want you to imagine this. You're going to know and believe like this. Okay, so I'm doing this on video too, but imagine somebody with their arms out with a big smile on their face. Their body language is open um, and they're ready, right? You are going to, you can see the excitement on their body language. They're, like I said, they have a smile on their face and they have their arms out. You're going to know that they want to hug you. Okay, so what do you do in return? most likely if you feel safe and you can see this expression and you know them and you have closeness with them, you lean in, you let your guard down and you melt into their embrace. You hug them back, right? It's one of the greatest feelings in the world. And it's one of the most beautiful things about being a human, um, is that we get to have that, that physical touch and that intimacy, um, and that closeness. Okay. But now here, let me paint this picture for you. So if someone is 500 yards away from you, their arms are stretched out in the same way, their body language is the same. Their facial expressions are the same. Their heart is the same. They're so excited. They're bouncing with excitement to hug you. Well, that person could be absolutely in love with you. They could be the safest person in the world. They could be ready to protect you. They could be ready to make all your prayers and your dreams come true. But you might not ever know it. You, you certainly wouldn't see a lot of the things that you'd see if they were present in front of you. And here's the key. Even though they assumed the same posture, you wouldn't be close enough, in proximity enough, to see it. This is the picture of Jesus that we need to realize. And this is what we can take into account for the proper things to magnify. Jesus got up on the cross and hung on a tree for us 2,000 years ago, more than 2,000 years ago, so that he could assume the posture of positioning, properly positioning himself in a proximity to us to invite us into intimacy with himself. Seriously, think about that as somebody that is the safest, like I can hardly say this without crying, but somebody who's the safest, most comforting, like knight in shining armor, and he's there. But because of the way that we have put him in our lives, we haven't properly magnified the Lord, which is why that script. I use that scripture. We haven't properly brought him up. We haven't properly, um, I'm going to get to the other definition in a second, okay? Uh, we haven't properly wrapped him around us. It's not Jesus. It's not Jesus not answering our prayers. It's not Jesus not healing our wounds, fixing our trauma. You know, it's not him not coming to our attention and comforting us. But so often we stiff arm God because of the things that we've walked through. And we stiff arm his ability to be present and to, to, through us magnifying him, to be able to come and be that comforter, to wrap himself around us, even though he's sitting there, beaming with excitement, with arms open wide. Doesn't that just hit you? Like when, when God showed me that, cause that's what God does. He just like, whoo, he just like has me right, 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 right. Um, it, it hits you in a different way, right? Because in reality, he's less than a breath away. Um, and here's something else that God showed me. You know where the, the Bible says that he knows the numbers on your head. So God showed me this the other day. Why do you think he knows the number of hairs on your head? Well, he can't do that from far away. He's got to be freaking close to be able to count the number of hairs on your head. Okay, um, and so Jesus is that close, but sometimes we just we we don't think of him that way, and so we don't treat him that way, and then we don't access him in that way, even though he is properly postured and positioned to do that. Another cool thing is that Jesus is described as magnificent. It's one of his like many names. And the definition of that is impressively beautiful, elaborate, extravagant, and striking. Very good, excellent, splendid, spectacular, impressive, striking, glorious, superb, and majestic, admirable, fine, great, wonderful, notable, masterly, skillful, and a virtuoso. Now get this, you guys. I don't know about you, but if a dude here on earth had all those qualities, I'd be like, uh, yeah, like marry me, right? (laughs) But you know what else? Jesus calls us his children, born of God, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, like him. So that means that we're magnificent too. That means that you are impressively beautiful. You are elaborate. You are extravagant. You are striking, very good, excellent, splendid, spectacular, impressive, striking, glorious, superb, majestic, admirable, fine, great, wonderful, notable, masterly, skillful, and a virtuoso. How often do you magnify these things about yourself? No, not in an arrogant way. Throw that thought away. That's just religion, legalism, false humility getting in the way. We hate that around here. But these are the truths that God has spoken over you. Are you going to disagree with him? Bringing it home here, okay? Ready. The word magnify in the Hebrew is also a derivative of a word that means something so interesting to me. I think it's pronounced gedil. I probably murdered that. Um, But guess what it means? It means a sense of twisting, threading a tassel or festoon, fringe, and wreath. Okay, I don't know if this hit you, but this gave me goosebumps. So God wants us to magnify the Lord, right? He wants us to twist himself together with us, to thread us together as one. That's how close he wants to be with me. That's how close he wants to be with you. Have you ever thought about that? Yeah, he sure does. And whenever God tells you to do something... It also means that it's possible because he'll never ask you to do anything that he first hasn't done himself, including the sacrifice, the sacrifice of his one and only son, the perfect and spotless lamb. Right. He did that for you. And when we give him our heart, when we're able to twist ourselves and and, and wrap ourselves with him to allow him to be that comforter. K to a when we when we magnify him when we say Jesus like I exalt you right now in my life I'm exalting you to a higher position than I have allowed you into my life maybe I've put you fifth place and now I'm going to work on putting you second place, you know, whatever. But when we magnify him, it says that he will then twist himself together with us. Well, we have to be in partnership with him to be able to do that. But remember, I just want you to visualize him. He is always kneeling, ready to hug you, ready to embrace you, right? That's his positioning. He's never turning his back on you. He's never facing the other direction. He's never not seeing you as you're waving your arms being like, oh, please, can I get your attention? No, you always have his attention. And when we talk about, we talked about earlier in the podcast, distracting yourself and being too afraid to talk to your, you know, to, to think about your thoughts and think about what you're thinking about and handle your emotions. Well, Jesus's attention is always on you. He's never distracted. He's never, oh, oh, I missed, oh, I missed this. Sorry, I'm not going to answer your prayer. I was busy. No, that's not how Jesus works at all. And it says when we magnify him, he delivers us from all our troubles. It says rivals, adversaries, adversities, afflictions, anguish, distress, tribulations, traumas, and troubles. Did you know the Bible says that? It means that he delivers you from mental, spiritual, emotional, financial, and physical troubles. Seriously, you guys, that's how much Jesus loves you. And again, I hope that I was able to elicit this in like a fraction of the percentage that Jesus hit me with this this week. But it's so powerful. And I just want to encourage you that Jesus is a safe place. The Holy Spirit wants to talk with you. He's not weird. He He's a comforter, right? Jesus said, I'm bringing a better dude than me who can help you do greater things than I did. So we have access to, to God's heart in that way. We have access to the mysteries of heaven, the, the supernatural finances of heaven, the healing of heaven, the wisdom of heaven, the strategies of heaven, the ideation of heaven. Um, we have access to all those things, but you need to be able to meet God by hugging him back because he's standing there with open arms, ready to twist himself together with you to help not distract you from the crap that ain't helping you, but get you back focused on a good hope, a good plan, and the beautiful future that he has for you. So that's it for this week, you guys. Go magnify Jesus this week. Click on the link in our bio if you are interested in one of those free strategy calls. We've got a ton of stuff going on. Make sure you're in the Interview Mastery for Pageant Women Facebook group. It's free. We drop free training in there all the time. If you're not on our email list, just DM us. You guys, seriously, we'll get a hold of you. Um, or go to our website, powerhousepageantry.com at all times. And uh, click contact us, y'all. If you try to get a hold of us, we will we'll make sure that you get taken care of. With that, we'll see you guys next week. Love y'all. Hey everyone, this is a little bit different of an ending If you are still here listening with us Um, I just wanted to take a second to thank you so much For being a part of our podcast family Wow, it has been such an incredible And crazy year of 2020 And I just wanted to take a second to appreciate you To acknowledge you You know, we've talked about some really hard things Over the course of this year And I just hope that every single week That I can be an encouraging and uplifting And motivating voice for you To help you get unstuck from whatever point A You feel like you're totally stuck in And I want it to help you to really dream again for what that would look like for you in your future. And so kind of in closing, I just wanted to pray a blessing over you. God, I thank you for every single person listening to this podcast. I pray that you uplift them spiritually, physically, financially, mentally, relationally, and emotionally, and that you are changing the trauma of their past, helping them in their present and gloriously just showing them you have a beautiful hope and a future for them. So we pray this in Jesus name. Amen. see y'all next week. Share this with a friend and give us a five-star review if you haven't already. It helps us reach more people. Love y'all. Bye.